Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Yes, and welcome back to the Omega Particle. I am your quarantine host. Just kidding. I am your host, Jonathan Wiegand, and we are streaming and broadcasting to you live from our secret Trek bunker on the eastern seaboard of the United States. Yes, I'm sure as everyone listening, and this is the about second week of March in 2020, we are all pretty much under quarantine due to the coronavirus, which means we need podcast and Trek content more than ever. Because I know there are several of you out there stuck in home, twiddling thumbs, re-watching Trek series. And just from the people I've talked to on Instagram, very <laughs> finally getting around to Picard. So this is going to help you greatly. Because today we are covering episode 7 of Picard. One of my favorite episodes of the season. And yes, I do say that every week because Picard is amazing and I love it. Sorry if I had come with a lot of energy. I've been, took a nap maybe about four hours ago. So we are ready to roll. <laughs> maybe it's some too personal, but I don't know. But I just want you to know why I have so much energy. Anyway, we are covering episode seven today. And so heartwarming. Gosh, having Riker and Troy and their children back and interacting with Picard just warms my heart like cinnamon rolls on a Saturday morning. There is just nothing like it. And ever since the previews, just like Seven of Nine, I've probably wanted this more and have been counting down this episode, so I'm glad we finally have it. And to all the naysayers out there and the people are saying, I'm tired of these fan service things, I tell you to be quiet. This is great, and I love it. It's okay to enjoy the show, and it's okay to enjoy the characters that are reoccurring. Obviously, this is an enterprise, but it is still a great Star Trek show. And maybe something we'll cover later on in the episode about why this is one of the most different Treks ever produced, and which makes it one of the best Treks ever produced. We'll get to that later. And I'm excited to see what you all think of that. Again, you can always reach out to me at Omega Particle Podcast on Instagram, or you can email me at, at Omega Particle Podcast at gmail.com. I'm always open to suggestions and talking track. A few of you have reached out, and I really appreciate it. All over the world, really. We've talked to people from LA, Australia, London. It's been great. And just a uh, reminder, everybody. Stay strong, stay safe, and we'll make it through this awkward time in the world, and hopefully we'll be better and stronger for it. But let's get on to Episode 7 of Picard. You'll have to forgive me if I mispronounce... The title of episode seven, I think it's called and pronounced Napenith. Napenith. 
And spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to the episode, please, or if you haven't watched the episode, please, please, please go watch it. Come back and listen. I don't want to spoil anything for you. We will be talking major spoilers in this show. Picard and Sochi escape the cube and they transport to this unknown planet at the time as we left in episode six. And now they're on this planet of Nepenith and they're surprisingly met by this strange, almost um, Princess Mononoke style teenager in the woods. And we find out that this is the home and homestead of the Rikers and she is Kestra, their daughter. So first off, I want to say, like I mentioned before, um, this was great to find finally see Riker and Troy and, and their children and see what happened. I know in, I think it was Nemesis, that we saw them finally married. So that was great. And so now we know what happened to them. There was a happily ever after. And they ended up having several kids, which was awesome. However, I was I was just happy and it was kind of heartfelt to see the gang back together, as they would say. Again, this wasn't a ton of plot development, but it was enough. And it was, to me, the perfect balance between plot development and moving the heartstrings of Star Trek fans. So it was an awesome balance. Again, hats off to the writers for doing this and doing it in a well-perceivable way, not some erroneous backbending way to get these characters all in and not a lazy way to get these main co-stars of TNG back with Picard. I'm not going to do a blow-by-blow of the episode um, exactly. I mean, you've already seen what happens, but I was going to be covering some of the main themes that I've really enjoyed of the show. And one of my favorites is that when Troy is talking to Picard in the garden, and we have a clip of that. This, so this is Troy talking to Picard in the garden, giving him advice on how to deal with Soji. What? I need to be... You need to be Jean-Luc Picard. Compassionate, patient, curious. And one other thing. Useful. Let us help you, Jean-Luc. Pretend that our dinner table is the ready room of the Enterprise. (laughs) We'll find a way forward. Together. Mm. Wow, great advice, right? I mean, that's exactly what you want to hear if you're Picard because he's been living kind of in this bubble of regret, living in the past, dwelling in the past. I mean, his dog's name number one. And all of a sudden, I think he kind of forgot who he was, what made him an individual, what made him special. And he forgot that through grief and through regret. And sadly, some of us do do that. But this is a great reminder, hey, you need to do what you did before. You need to be compassionate, understanding, and let's use that dinner table as your ready room of the enterprise. Awesome analogy and really great advice from, again, Counselor Troy. That's one of the things I loved about this episode is that we see Picard Ever since episode one, he's been needing this spiritual and physical respite. And to me, I think he finally gets that here. He finally settles down. He finally starts to kind of like 
get in touch with his old self, his old personality, his old ambition and drive that he may have locked away. And most importantly, his old compassion. And you can see that he gets this respite and he gets kind of somebody that he trusts to pour into. And that's what great friendships and relationships are about, are pouring into one another equally. Like if you constantly pour into somebody else and you're getting nothing in return, that's not right. And if they're constantly pouring to you and you're not giving anything back, that's not right. So it's an equal share. And he finally has one of those friends. He has those equal sharing with. And it's at this moment when Will and Picard are sitting on the lakeside and they're just talking about Starfleet and and the ideals of Starfleet and, and they still uphold. And that's somebody he needed to bounce ideas off of and bounce his feelings off of. And he kind of gets rejuvenated through that, which is great because we he needed that. So next we see they are sitting around a dinner table eating, what is it called, bunny corn pizza, which is a bunny with a unicorn horn. Simply adorable, yet they're eating it. So I I love the uh, the image, but then it was completely altered and taken away from us. So, however, they're eating bunny corn pizza, and it's an awesome scene because Picard is just directing it like he was at the Enterprise. He's using a whole group model. And and did he, I don't think he really did that before with the crew. They kind of bounced ideas, but there wasn't a cohesion. There wasn't this chemistry between him and the other crew on the spaceship. So I was really impressed with how it just seemed like he was back in the old Enterprise captain's ready room, which is exactly what Counselor Troy wanted him to do. So that was interesting, but I love the, and this is a quick random tidbit, like how Kestra is working on her little, I guess you would call it a phone or tablet. And she finds this captain and boom, they have a transport and boom, they're ready to go. And, and Riker has that old, like dad, like face of like, wow, I'm impressed, which is total dad move, but he has several dad moments, but we'll, we'll get to those. Also, as we're wrapping up a card and his development in this episode, one of the like random things that I was just kind of like, Oh, I taken it back. And it may just because I'm, I'm maybe just because I'm going through this TNG phase right now and I'm rewatching it is that is when he's talking to Rios and he's with Will and he's like, Hey, what's your ETA? And Rios shoots back at him. Like, we'll get there when we get there. This, like I said, the last three times and Picard has this like stunned face. And I think it's weird because if you translate that to season two or season three of TNG, Picard doesn't take anything from anyone. So to see him just be like, okay, like he's the captain, kind of accept his place of like, all right, I can't do anything about it. was a was a cool little development, but a weird development because I was kind of taken aback like, oh, like that's not the Picard I'm used to. I'm used to this strong dignitary, this strong voice with respect and then all of a sudden Rios is yelling at him and I was like oh okay well that's I don't know if it hit hit anybody else that way but it hit me and so moving on to this is gonna be fun the Rikers which is a neat way of seeing how Star Trek would do Little House on the Prairie they are in my dream scenario living in the woods in this beautiful log cabin style house and kind of just living off the land 
and kind of just being a family together. So I, I love that idea. And I thought it was cool that they've settled down here and we'll get to the reasons why later on. But so just a little couple fun facts about um, the Rikers in this, that Kestra was actually named after Troy's younger sister. Yes, Troy had a younger sister. In the TNG episode Dark Page, Deanna Troy has been blocked from remembering her sister drowning. And she finally comes to fruition and she finally understands and, and comes to accept that her sister drowned and her sister's name was Kestra. So they named their first daughter named Kestra. So I thought that was a cool little nod. That's definitely the writers knowing their Star Trek Next Generation lore and history with that one. Also, the I think Riker explains this in the episode. The planet's name, Nepotine, is actually a Greek word that's roughly translate to the dispelling of grief. And that's why they've come to this planet is to, to help Thaddeus and that Will and Troy have suffered this grief is just crazy and unbearable. I'm just really almost touched by that. And it's a very non-Star Trek-y thing to talk about, but it's a very important subject to talk about and bring up later in this episode that these kind of things need to be talked about. Not necessarily losing a child, but these darker real life subject lines need to be talked about. And especially in mainstream media today, they, they, we need to see people overcoming grief in the correct way. And this was a beautiful example of that. I'll play this clip shortly. And it was my, like one of my favorite dad moments that Will Riker has. And it's when Picard first gets there. So let's play this clip. You need a place to hide out. Shields up. Perimeter scans to Max. We've had a little trouble around here lately with the Xinti. Best to run anti-cloaking scans to Romulans. Mm -hmm. Initiate anti-cloaking scans. The time you were flying off to Romulus to plan the great supernova rescue. Do you remember what I said? So you want to be ass deep in Romulans for the rest of your life. So that's such a dad moment because I do the same thing when I'm home. I get in from coming from work and I'm like, turn on the alarm system. What are the cameras saying? What are the motion sensors saying? Let's go. And so it's, <laughs> I definitely like had some camaraderie in that um, overreaction on my part, maybe not on Will's part in this, in this scene, but in my part, yes, turning on everything, making sure the house is secure so that my, our families are safe. And another cool little Star Trek moment was, or should I say Easter egg, Troy and Will were arguing, and I think Will calls Troy Mazadi, which is a um, Betazoid word for beloved. And I know they had some novels written about Will and Troy's um, relationship under that title. So I thought it was really neat that they showed that intimacy and that kind of Easter egg again that the writers know their stuff. Also having Thaddeus have a rare silicone disease and Data being the only positronic matrix that could help him and, and cure him possibly. I thought that was really interesting then to bring in Soshi. And, and they didn't 
talk about that and maybe because we only had 40 some odd minutes to discuss the episode but they i wonder how the Riker and and Troy felt seeing Soji for the first time and realizing she was an android because to me I would always see wow if you were alive four years ago my son would have been alive if you were alive if you were created if I knew you existed it, it could have saved him potentially and so for me that would sting but again we only have some 40 some odd minutes and they have to move the plot along I, I thought it would be interesting to see the more I thought about it. I was like, hey, like this is something that could have saved your child. Also seeing how Will is staying with his tradition of cooking natural ingredients and cooking real food instead of the hologram. And it was funny because I was watching this episode with my wife, Stormy, and she was like, well, what's the big deal? They're making food. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Star Trek world you have replicators, you can just make anything you want at any moment in 10 seconds. Like, I think there's all these memes going around with like him on a pizza box, which I love. This show has produced great lit memes, so um, can't really complain about that. And it reminds me of that one episode where Riker makes eggs for like the bridge crew, the bridge staff in TNG, and his eggs are awful and everyone hates it. But I, um, I'm glad he's perfected his cooking skills over these 20, 30 years. And like I said, I liked Kestra a lot. I thought that was a cool character. Kind of reminded me of Princess Mononoke. And if you've never seen that movie, it's a um, Ghibli anime movie, which is great. I highly recommend it. And um, it's kind of about with the paint on her face and the bow and arrow. I was like, oh, I don't know if the vi- that's the vibe they're going for, but that's why I picked it up. And she really bonds with Soji and kind of brings out of her shell a little bit, especially going through this traumatic experience of realizing that she's an android. So I really liked her. I would love to see more of her. Wouldn't necessarily have to be with Will and Troy, but I, I definitely like seeing um, more of this little Riker in the future. And you never know what CBS may do down the line to uh, fill that content chamber. Yeah, I was really impressed with her writing and kind of her connecting with... Um, Soji and even like asking Soji like do you like classical music do you play violin do you like Sherlock Holmes and all this other stuff and (laughs) I just I love that I thought that was great again you have to be a fan of TNG to get those things if not you go right over your head and okay moving on from the Rikers and Picard we're going to go to where episode eight is going to mainly focus I believe just from the previews I've seen is the Borg Cube And finally, finally, we are done with that terrible, terrible arc of Romulan lover android. So we can finally see some interesting plot development this week on the Borg Cube. And sadly, our boy Hugh did not make it out alive. He went out trying to protect the XBs, which is admirable and is selfless. Gosh, those Romulans, man. But I thought it was interesting this during this whole fight scene with Hugh and Arissa, she keeps talking about this con um I'm sorry, not contract treaty. And it remind I don't know if and I don't know if the writers have actually come out and talked about this, but it seems like the treaty is it is it a brand new treaty with the Federation? Is it the Treaty of Algoron? And this may be new amendments to that treaty allowing the Federation around Romulan space or even if there is Romulan space now. So we really have no idea about the about the political 
aspect of this new Alpha Quadrant, but it's definitely something that Hugh and Narissa know about. And I love that Hugh's like, I'm going to take this whole cube out of here because we're tired of being manipulated and taken advantage by these Romulans. And Narissa's like, well, I can kill you now. I, that treaty is important. And I, I guess they, Hugh didn't know it as well as Narissa and it cost him his life. But it was a great character into his arc. And curious how Elnor and Seven, if Seven comes to Elnor's aid, Seven being back on a board cube would be awesome. Again, I'm recording this before any previews are out, so I hope that we see Seven on the cube again. And this really sets up for the next episode better than I think any other since maybe episode five when we see Seven in the last 10 seconds. So um, again, great writing, hooked us in, ready for the next episode. Now that we've talked about Picard and we talked about the board cube, we, we have to deal with Agnes and the weird relationship she has with Rios and I want to say the fact that we had a prediction come right that the Commodore showed Agnes that synthetics were going to destroy humanity. So she did exactly what we thought and allowed and manipulated Agnes into being able to be tracked. And now we see the Romulans using that. And then Agnes did fell on her sword and was like, I'm just going to go into a coma and protect the people I'm with. I don't want to see anybody else die. That was admirable of her. So just a couple more little fast facts. They do mention Picard's metal heart, which is from a famous TNG episode about Picard as a younger cadet getting stabbed in the heart through by a Nausicaan and that he has to get it replaced with a like a half metal heart or or fully metal heart. Yeah, it turned it made him the leader and risk taker that he is today. And if not, he would have been some lowly science officer that really never had any ambition or drive. So I loved seeing that. I loved having the um, couple lines about Data wanting mucus and how he desired to be human so much and and really kind of expanded Data's lore a little bit, lack of a better word. It even made my wife interested to be like, oh, that's, I would like to see more about Data or, or was Data really like that or et cetera, et cetera. So really cool little fast facts about this episode that I don't know if you missed or didn't hear, but yes. So moving on to what I was saying earlier in the episode, going into why Picard is different than other Treks, but makes it one of the best Treks ever. And starting off is that normally in the Golden Age of Star Trek and even back in Roddenberry's time of the 60s, they've all kind of had this underlying theme that humanity has reached this stage in their development that they can be almost perfect, that they make no mistakes, they're completely tolerant, they're completely got it together, there's no disease, there's no sickness. And I think Roddenberry wanted that. He wanted to have this ideal picture of humanity for us to shoot for in the turbulent sixth season. Kind of continue that, especially on TNG and with Picard. And I mean, for example, Picard became Locutus of Borg and they really never touch his PTSD. And then in this season, we've seen more toil and anguish from the Borg than we ever did, really, in TNG or the movie. So, excluding First Contact. But to me, yeah, I was just really impressed with how this show is fleshing out and making these characters more real. Because, again, society is changing and art 
reflect society a lot. And we're seeing, hey, that perfection sometimes can be the enemy. And we've definitely seen that with Picard, that he couldn't get everything right with that Romulan evacuation. And it destroyed him into the point of going into hiding and hermit status because he couldn't get his perfection. I love how this Trek is setting up that, look, your heroes can go through tragedy and live with that tragedy every day and overcome that tragedy. And that's something we definitely need. And and in my personal opinion, what makes DS9 so great is we finally see that. We see a Federation that can make mistakes. And now not on the level of Picard, not on the grittiness, not on the the deep plot lines of Picard, but DS9 still offers great insight and an evolution of the entire Trek universe. We see them develop with the Dominion War how Federation can make mistakes when Cisco has to read the death counts and everybody looks for names. And it's a toll of war on you and your closest of friends. That was awesome job by, by DS9. And I highly recommend this series if you've never watched it. But now we see a deeper, darker, grittier version of that Trek world in Picard. And it's, and it's been awesome so far. And I, I hope they continue that that yes, these characters are flawed. Yes, they're not perfect, but they can still overcome tragedy. They can still be better than they were the day before. Sometimes these big issues or big obstacles in our life are a day-to-day thing. They don't beat them in 60 minutes and move on with their lives like in a normal episode. Sometimes it carries and weighs on them and develops them into amazing people. So that's just my two cents So that has been episode seven of Picard. Again, thank you so much for listening. Not a lot of Trek news going on right now in the world simply because of, again, the coronavirus, everyone kind of canceling all sporting events in the United States. We've we've canceled everything in cousin pretty much of happening. And I know all the worldwide listeners are dealing with that as well. So not a lot of Star Trek news. So I really won't cover any of that this episode, but I just want to remind everybody to be safe. I love having fans of the show just message me on Instagram and just talk about why well, I like Trek or I like Star Wars or this is my favorite or I didn't like that episode so much. I love it. Keep it coming. It's great. Um, I love these um, random connections through this thing we love and it's um it's definitely been an enjoyment and a pleasure to do for me so again take care of yourselves out there and remember second start of the right straight on till morning